Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. Been talking about becoming a passionate pursuer of God, and today I wanted to get into inner healing. I don't want to take too long, but I am becoming a better pastor, so I don't know what too long is anymore. So I've only up to two closings, I think. I hadn't gotten to three yet. Leanne texted me yesterday after the service. She said it was a good service, but you forgot inner healing. And I said, joke's on you. The whole service is going to be on inner healing next Sunday. <laughs> so inner healing is another ministry that we do have here at Southside Christian Fellowship. Now, what I'm going to talk to you about today is the entry point where each of us can get involved. But we have a much deeper ministry that, that requires more specialized training. And right now it's being headed up by uh, Leanne Miller. Leanne, wave at everybody. Amen. Bev Gamalo has been uh, very instrumental in that ministry. She actually brought Living Waters and really kind of has started that inner healing ministry here. And so uh, it's not new. We've had inner healing ministry, and then Dad does a lot of counseling. And so we have a lot of counseling and things of that nature. Inner healing, and I'm going to give a few definitions throughout the sermon today, but just real quick, when I say inner healing, I'm not talking about, you know, I got a headache or I've been offended this week. We're talking about things that go deep. They go below the surface that are just, you know, something that, that, that could have happened decades ago that's causing the trauma and the pain. And I, like I said, I'm going to get more specific about that in a minute, but just real briefly, that's what I'm talking about. I, I try to see what God's doing in my life. I don't know how you are. Sometimes I just zone out, and, and what I'm watching or doing means nothing. It was just a choice I made. But every once in a while, I watch something thinking I made that choice, and I'll see God move through that program. And I watched an interview and I don't normally recommend you guys watch certain TV shows, things like that. But I will tell you that uh, there was an interview with Matthew Perry. Many of you guys remember him. He was one of the actors on Friends. He did an interview with Diane Sawyer recently. It's out um, on TV now. And I saw that. And what I'm talking about today, he mimics perfectly. Like, like He shows you exactly what we're talking about when we talk about inner healing and the battles that he went through and has gone through over, the, over his lifetime. And it just reminds us that just what we're seeing on the surface and with our eyes doesn't mean that's what's actually going on with the person. And so when people aren't here in church, there's a reason. We're not talking about people that, that laid out one Sunday or not feeling well or recovering from heart surgery. You know, we're not talking about those kind of things. I'm talking about people that when you mention the word church, they start thinking religion and they get this look on their face. They start talking against church. They start talking about against Jesus. There's hurt there. There's trauma there. It goes much deeper than just, nah, I don't want to do that. It's much deeper than that. That's what we're talking about today. So what does, what does inner healing mean? Well, when you look at healing in the dictionary, in Webster's, believe it or not, it says to make free from injury or disease, to make sound or whole. And honestly, that is what we're talking about. We're going to go further and talk about who does the healing, but that is a good definition of healing is to make free from injury or disease. Now, the disease part, I wasn't sure about at first, but as I'm doing my studying, uh, one of the commentaries I use quite a bit is called the preacher's homiletical. And he made this comment in there that, that it's a moral disease we're dealing with. And it's, and it's seen in brokenheartedness. Well, that fit the scriptures perfectly. So we are talking about healing of a disease, uh, brokenheartedness, a moral disease. You know, it means to make well again, to restore to health. And I love the last definition, to restore to original purity or integrity. That's the ultimate goal of inner healing is that Jesus comes in and he restores you to original purpose. He restores you to what you were made for. And I get that when we were born, we're born in a sin, but that wasn't the original 
birth. That wasn't the original purpose. That wasn't the original design. When you get saved, you're restored to originality. You're made new. You're brand new. You, you become what God intended you to be all along. When you talk about lining up with the scriptures, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, tell us everything we need to know about inner healing. We're going to dig into it a little bit in the next couple of weeks. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord anointed me to bring good news to the humble. Jesus liked this verse so much, he quoted it in Matthew. It says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives. Remember we said brokenheartedness, that moral disease? Right here it tells us in Isaiah, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the cloak of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. Why? So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. That talks about inner healing right there. It talks about our mission. That goes along with ministry and missionary work. We've talked about prayer. Everything starts with the foundation of prayer. But then we got to go out into the world. We got to go fishing. We got to be missionaries. We got to, we got to focus on that part. When we run into people, it just can't be a, I found you. Now what? Our strategy and goal should be to minister to people. I liked this saying. I heard it in education, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know. You can have all the right answers. They don't care unless they know how much you care. And we show people how much we care through the physical and meeting those physical needs, and we talked about that last week. But make no mistake, when God sends somebody to you and they begin to open up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move into the inner healing portion of ministry. That's why inner healing is the third area of focus for us here at Southside. Our ultimate goal is to become passionate pursuers of God. It starts with prayer and missions, but it includes inner healing because people need healing. Now, ultimately, Jesus does all the healing. He does all the healing, but he works through us. He uses us to be a part of that healing. Notice it says that ministry and healing should always be inspired and directed by the Holy Spirit. First verse, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. If you go to minister to people and the Spirit of the Lord God is not upon you, you're not going to have very good results. And then the end of that says, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Not our planting, the Lord is planting. So that he can be glorified. Not so somebody can pat you on the back and say, great job. But so they can glorify the Lord. We're not excited that Lex got saved because uh, somebody led her to the Lord. That's the coolest part about it. Nobody specifically prayed the prayer with her. She listened to the Holy Spirit and what the Lord had put on her heart, and she prayed that prayer she understood enough, and no one individual got credit for that and shouldn't get credit for that, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus that does that, and that's who deserves all of the credit. What did Judy tell you? If you get it right, you better give all the credit to Jesus. Amen? Amen. I saw WV. I always want to say VW. This guy's name is WV Grant. Bobby... Um, I know Bobby's Bobby. I don't even know Bobby's last name anymore. Teague, thank you. Bobby Teague, for those of you who don't know, in case you run into him, phenomenal man, was taking me tons of places a couple years ago, and uh, he was taking me up to see this guy named VW Grant, see, WV Grant. And Bobby always likes to tell me what I'm going to see. It's amazing. It's, you know, and I'm like, Bobby, you don't understand. I've grown up in a lot of this stuff. I've seen a ton of this. And so he said, um, 
WV operates in the gift of um, words of knowledge and prophecy, and, and he said, he'll, he'll pinpoint it. I said, okay, we'll see. Man, I'm going to tell you, by the time I got done, I was convinced. He was, he was calling out people's addresses, kids, number of kids, names. The, the final straw for me in a good way was when he brought a young man up, and he said, your nickname's Bullfrog, right? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm there already. I've never got anybody's nickname before. He said, you got, you got three daughters. He said, the oldest one's, he said, I, I'm seeing something. I can't quite make it out. It's almost like 20, but it's not 20. It's seven. He goes, her name's Sventy. Who gets Sventy as the name? Sventy. Not Paul, Mary, Joseph, Bob. Sventy. I'm like, I'm sold. He is speaking the word of the Lord. And I learned that night, and I kind of knew this, but I got to see it in action. The Lord did that because what followed that was always a word from the Lord to that person. Well, when somebody can name your firstborn child, and it's not a normal name, a regular name, you listen up to whatever he says next. And that's what he would do. He would lay it on the line. This is what the Lord says. And, buddy, people would see it. We saw people that got healed that night. We saw people set free and delivered. It was an amazing night and one of the best nights I've been a part of. But after every one of those words of the Lord or healings, he would ask him, now, who healed you? And they'd say, Jesus. He'd say, say it louder. Who healed you? Who, took, who, 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 who did this to you? Say, Jesus. And he'd turn them to the crowd and he'd say, tell them who will do this for them. You say, Jesus, and I thought that was the best thing I think I've ever seen is that this man's being used of the Lord in a mighty, mighty way, and he wanted none of the credit because he knew, and he'd seen people before him that took the credit, and it derailed their ministry. And so he was very, very purposeful about reminding everybody, Jesus did this for you. Jesus did this for you. So I just want to encourage you. That's the whole crux to inner healing. That's the whole crux to witnessing. That's the whole crux to Isaiah 61 is the spirit of the Lord God has to be upon us. We have to be led of the Lord, and we have to remember it's for his glory, not ours. It's for his glory. Now, the cool part is you can get some of that good feeling because you get to be a part of what's going on. You know, there are people that win championships that did nothing but ride that bench, and they get that ring. They're still a part of that team. Maybe they go in for one play. It don't matter. You get to be a part of the team. Whether God puts you in for one play or all the plays, it doesn't matter. Your job is to be ready to go whenever he calls you and puts you in. And guess what? You get to celebrate in all of the victories regardless of how many plays you play. Just got to be obedient to the Lord. You see, I believe the problem we have in this world and the reason we're struggling so bad is that we don't know who we are. We have to know our identity this is part one of a two-part series, okay, about inner healing. But the first thing in inner healing is you got to know who you are. That's what we're trying to get to, but not just who you are as a person, but who your identity in Christ is. Who your identity in Christ is. Shelley Hendricks said, when you know who you are, you know what to do. If you know you're a plumber, you're going to fix some pipes. If you know you're the trash man, you're going to dump the trash. It don't mean you can't dabble in fixing pipes at your house. But you know what your skills and specialties are. You know what to do. Joyce Meyer said, the more we focus on who we are in Christ, the less it matters who we were in the past or even what happened to us. And that right there is what we're talking about within our healing. People get stuck in thinking about who they were or who the devil's telling them they are. They start feeling that shame and that guilt, and they can't get out of that. Shelly Hendricks also said, we do not behave out of our identity. 
We do not behave out of our identity. We behave out of our understanding of our identity in Christ. And the world right now is doing just that. They don't know who they are in Christ, and so they're acting a fool. They don't know who they are in Christ. That's what you're seeing in the world today. Can I tell you something? It's not new. It's been going on for centuries. It's just our turn and our generation. Guess what the answer is? The same thing that the answer was back in Jesus' day. And the same thing the answer was back in Moses' day. And the same thing the answer was back in Jesus' day. Uh, in, in Abraham's day. Jesus gets twice. It's that important. In Abraham's day, right? It's the same answer. It's the same answer. They didn't have cell phones in Jesus' day, but they definitely had temptations. It's just a different format. But it's still temptation. It's still handled the same way. These hurts are still handled the same way. I want to focus on Ephesians 2 this morning, specifically verses 1 through 10. If you give me about 15 minutes, I'll, I'll uh, pour this out to you, and it'll make sense. I'm not going to ask if it makes sense. I'm just going to tell him it makes sense, Daddy. If you don't know my dad's favorite closing is, does this make sense to you? This making sense to you. We start counting. You get to the third one, you know he's going to be done. I don't know what it is, but the third one is he's done. So, Let me start with verses 1 through 3 here. It says, and you were dead in your offenses and sins. Can you agree with that? The whole world is dead in their offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world. That's what the world doesn't understand. That course is laid in for them. They're walking it whether they want to or not until they accept Jesus, until they recognize the Holy Spirit in their life. They can't get off that path. We need to understand that and not be shocked when people act a certain way or are hurt a certain way. I don't know about you, but I get frustrated sometimes by the way people respond. I want them to respond a certain way, and when they don't, it frustrates me. But the reality is that's all about me because they're not doing it the way I want them to do it. Instead of me just going to people the way God wants me to go to them and trusting him to do what he wants to do. When we deliver a word and not worrying about whether they receive it or not, we want them to receive the word. But that's not on us. When we, when we minister to somebody, we want them to receive inner healing because we know that leads to ultimate freedom. But we can't force them. We can't make them. The world doesn't know that's the path they're on. It goes on in verse 2, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3, among them we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the rest. Let me try that again, verse 3. Among them we too. We ought to understand because we used to be there. I don't care what age you accepted Jesus Christ, you were in that path. Now, I may not have gone off of his, the deep end as much as some others, but it's the same path. It all leads to destruction. So we ought to understand what path they're on. Remember, I told you that these, these sermons are not just to enlighten you, but it's to help you understand how to activate it in your life and apply it when you're witnessing and ministering to people, because ultimately that's what we're supposed to be doing ministering to people, discipling them. So I don't expect you just to understand inner healing. I expect you to learn how to deliver inner healing to people. And it starts with understanding the Holy Spirit, but it also under, it starts with understanding who people are. When you know what people are going to do, it doesn't surprise you. When you know who people are, their actions don't surprise you. They could be the nicest people in the world. 
If they don't know Jesus, they're on the same path as the most evil person that you've ever met in your life. One of them's just more comfortable to be around than the other. And sometimes I've found that the nicer people that don't know Jesus are harder to witness to. Because they don't see where they're doing anything wrong. They don't see where they need Jesus in their life. We were dead in offenses and sins. We all previously lived in the lusts of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh. You know what the difference is between then and now? Then we kept indulging and indulging and indulging. But if you've given your life to Jesus, you may indulge, but you get convicted about it. You start feeling like, man, I've messed up. What did Carmen cry out to you this morning? God convicted her. He convinced her, not so he could judge her and say, ooh, you're so bad. But because he understands that if we don't get free of those sins in our lives, then, then we're not free and we're not living the most abundant life. That's part of healing. That's part of healing. That's an inner healing as well. Thankfully, though, we're, you're on the right path, and so you get to that quicker. You get to that quicker. That's the goal. That's the hope. But the world doesn't even see that path. They don't even know that path. Think about indulging the desires of the flesh. Just look at all of the uh, slogans that are out there. I just wrote down a few, and you tell me who they're glorifying, right? Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I, I don't think so. It, it, it all eventually comes out. What's in the darkness eventually gets exposed by the light is what the Bible says. De Beers, a diamond is forever. The only thing I know this is forever is Jesus. The only thing I know this is forever is Jesus. L'Oreal, because you're worth it. I actually thought Jesus ought to adopt that one. That was pretty good. L'Oreal said, because you're worth it. Jesus died on the cross because you're worth it. But again, it's all about you, right? When we read these slogans. Why? Because they're trying to make a buck. They're trying to, they're marketing, right? They're trying to make you feel good about yourself. Duncan, America runs on Duncan. It's probably true, but America should run on Jesus. Be a whole lot better off if we were run on Jesus. McDonald's, I'm loving it. I'm not always loving it, but Maybelline, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. You know, and that, these are really good, catchy slogans, but that slogan there, right there tells you what the world's going through. If you don't look good enough, just apply some makeup and cover it up, pretend to be somebody else. I don't know a ton about social media, but I can guarantee you it's not everybody's real life. People don't wake up like that. I've been married for a long time. I love my wife very much, and she is beautiful. I'll just stop there before I get in any more trouble. <laughs> I will stop there. State Farm, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Another one I think Jesus should adopt. Like a good neighbor, Jesus is there. We ought to all adopt that one. Like a good neighbor, we're going to be there, right? But that's not the way that is. It's all about them, right? These are the slogans. These are the things that we're exposed to every day. And it's all built to make you feel good about yourself so you'll part with some of that money you got, right? So you can put that money into their business. Well, what if, what if we could listen to what Jesus says? Because guess what? These guys are just trying to sell their product. They may or may not believe what they're putting out there. They're just trying to make a dollar. But what Jesus is putting out there through his word, he believes every word of it. And what he said about you is true. I, I encourage you and I challenge you to dig in and find out what he said about you in this word. You'd be astonished. You buy into these slogans. These are slogans. These are the words of our Father. These are not just slogans. These are the words of our Father. These are not social media posts. These are real. These are perfect. These are flawless. Thank you, Mark. Absolutely. i got to give credit where credit is due, right? Amen. <laughs> Those are examples of what the world does. We need to follow what the Lord says. Look at verses 4 through 7. 
But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Remember, one through three said, this is what's going on. Verse four starts with, but God. Man, that's where you ought to witness. You know, the Bible says that you and me and everybody was destined for hell, but God. But God. Amen. Give him praise. But God. But God being rich in mercy. I got to tell you, there's sometimes my kids drive me up a wall, and they're grown now, and there are times I wish they would go stay with somebody else. Please leave me alone. But yet Jesus says, man, I want you. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Let me say that again. By grace. The next set of scriptures is going to tell you what it's not. It is by grace because he decided that's what he wanted to do for us. And he's not going to go against his word. Verse Six and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. My goodness, there's so much in that. So much in that. Raised us up with him. Sat us with him in heavenly places. You don't talk about the star of the team and he's saying, hey man, come on, be with me. What? What, I get to be with you? Not only do I get to be with you, you want me with you. And I sit there and look at some of my actions, and I go, um, are you sure? Because i got to be honest with you, there's some really bad stuff here. I may be the least talented person on your team, Jesus. And he says, no, come on. Come on. I want you. I want you. Not, I guess so. Not, well, we got one more spot to fill. Why not? I will take a chance. No, 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 no. I want you. I want you. He died on the cross willingly for you and for me. He made a choice because he loved you so much, because he loved me so much. Amen. Amen. That's the God that we serve. That's who's going to bring in our healing. That's understanding who we are. When you start understanding the God that created you, you stop believing the junk of the world that starts telling you you're not worth him. You know what about inner healing? Getting rid of what the world says about you is a huge part of inner healing. Getting rid of that guilt and the shame. And the way we do this, believe what the Lord says about us. You know why I was able to stay on the track of identifying with Jesus? Because of my parents. Because every time I started to get off track, they'd remind me who I am. When I came home depressed or upset or, or mad at somebody because my name wasn't what I wanted it to be or because it didn't look like other people wanted me to look, they were constantly there reminding me what the Lord said about me. And it didn't matter what other people said. And that lesson sank in over time. They walked with me. That's what we're doing with people. That's inner healing. Not believing what the world says. Walking with them to remind them what the Lord says about them. That's what we're talking about today. This is what your identity is. That's why so many people are trying to tell you that the kid can choose what gender they are. Because they're already set on the path of the world. In their mind, they're doing what's right. We see it wrong. Why? Because we understand that's the wrong path. When we minister to them, we can't go, you're dumb, stupid, and that's idiotic. Why can't you? They don't receive that. Because in their mind, they're not doing that to be evil or wrong. They're doing those things because in their mind, that's love. That's, that's a, a twisted kind of love, though. And what we got to do is minister the true love to them. 
We got to love people where they're at, whether we uh, agree with them or not. In fact, chances are pretty good if you're ministering to people, you're not going to agree with them. See, when you get people and Christians you agree with, that's so you can sharpen iron, so you can build each other up, so you can go out and find those people that don't understand Jesus, that aren't walking on his path, so that you can deliver that inner healing. And inner healing looks like Jesus. Inner healing looks like love. And not fake love, but true love. And the only way to deliver true love is to truly love people. To truly love people. And to see them the way God sees them. To see people the way God sees us and you and me. And to remember that, guess what? Your life ain't perfect. Your life is not perfect. And you've made mistakes too. You've made mistakes too. And Jesus forgave you of all those and loved you just like he forgave them of their sins and loved them and set them on the right path if they'll surrender and submit to him. Notice it says, so that in the future he could show us boundless, boundless, Buzz like you should say, to infinity and beyond. I think he stole that from Jesus. Boundless love to infinity and beyond. That's the richness, the riches of his grace and kindness. Last, last few verses here. Let me get through these last three and I'll finish up. Verses 8 through 10 say, for by grace you have been saved. Let me say that again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Let me just tell you something. You want to be here November 13th? Because Dr. Bobby Shane is going to talk to you about this very subject right here and explain to you that we've got sin overlapping. You've given your heart and your life to Jesus. You have been made new. That sin you lived in before is gone. Gone. There's a difference between sin and sinning, and he's going to break that down for us. I encourage you to be here on the 13th. Because when we start talking about sin and whether I can get it to heaven for some work that I did or didn't do, then it becomes based on me and what I do, and that's not salvation. It clearly says, by grace, through faith, not of works, none, not a single work you do will get you into heaven. Not a single work will get you into heaven. I like how Oswald Chambers said it. He said, eternal life is not a gift from God. It is the gift from God. It is the gift from God. If you can only get one gift from God, that's the gift you want. That's the gift you want. The cool news is, and the great news is, he don't have just one gift to give you. But this is by far the most important. Salvation. And that's what we want to offer to the world. We want to show them that, that they weren't made by accident that who they are is not by happenstance. That the reason it's not up for debate or choice is because God didn't make a mistake when they made them. Getting people to understand their identity is huge in that inner healing process. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. I like what it says uh, in the end, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works who defines good works jesus does the word tells us what good works are but we're his workmanship you think god made you and messed up oh my bad well he can just live with that no he didn't he didn't he made you he sat back. have you seen some of the animals that god made there's some very interesting animals out there you're like i don't know what you were thinking lord 
I mean, that's really weird to me. But to God, it's beautiful. It's awesome. So to me, it better be beautiful and awesome, right? Right? There's so many cool animals out there uh, that, that we've seen. Look at all the different species, all the different birds, all the different types. I mean, just, man. He took great care in, in creating this world. And he took great care in creating you and me and knowing our identity. Let me, let me kind of bring this to a close here. I told you that uh, Leanne and I have been working together on the inner healing ministry. We want to present some more to you guys in the new year and have some training sessions. Um, but there's a piece of inner healing that we can all do, okay? And I want to read to you what um, I asked Leanne. I said, in your words, just give me your words of what inner healing is. And I thought it was so good. I just want to read this to you, and then I'm going to close. So many of the things that keep us in bondage are hidden deep inside our hearts. We struggle with anxiety, fear, anger, depression, addictions, and other negative emotions and behaviors. But we're at a complete loss as to why they're there in the first place. Let me say that part again because that is so key. Most people don't know why they feel the way they do. Said so we're at a complete loss as to why they're there in the first place. Before we can truly be set free, we must allow the Holy Spirit to show us the root of our problems and allow Him to bring healing in the most damaged, tender parts of our heart. Who did she put the onus back on? We must allow the Holy Spirit. Not Leanne, not Dad, not me. We must allow the Holy Spirit to do that. So here's the process, just really short, okay? We pray alongside people with the help of the Holy Spirit and walk through forgiveness, mercy, understanding, and grace. We invite Jesus into the hurts, trauma, and pain that a person is experiencing from the past and the present. Jesus comes in and brings truth and breaks off the lies of the enemy. He aligns our hearts with his. Let me say that again. He aligns our hearts with his and begins to heal our hearts in the areas that have not yet received the truth. Through his death on the cross, we receive full healing and break the bondage of sin, addictions, hurt, and pain. Through listening and prayer, inner healing transpires, and we are set free from emotional pain and negative behaviors that lead to broken relationships. What did we talk about at the beginning? One definition is the moral disease of brokenheartedness, broken relationships. We are set free from trauma, shame, and habitual sin. Inner healing is all about setting the captive free. And we started out with Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, and it talks about setting the captives free. And uh, I've got uh, Dad speaking next, uh, preaching next week, and then Dr. Bobby Shane. And then the following week, I'm going to bring the second part of this message, which is based on Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. We're going to break that down together. But the ultimate goal is that when we minister to people and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to do what He does, we're just the conduit, okay? Then He heals. And when Jesus heals, it's for life. It's for life. Amen? Amen. Father, we just come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that body that you broke and that blood that you shed. Father, we thank you that you're rich in mercy. Lord, we thank you for your great love. Lord, we thank you that even though we were dead in our wrongdoings, that you made us alive with you, Father God. Lord, we thank you that you give us that opportunity to be raised up and seated with you in heaven. Lord, we thank you for making us a part of your team. Father, I pray that as we continue to be discipled by you, that you would continue to show us how to minister to the people we, go, we run into in our community, Lord. Lord, there's so many people that are hurting. Lord God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us, that you would lead us, and that, Lord, we would be obedient to speak when you tell us to speak and silent when you tell us to be silent, Father God. 
But Lord, we would trust you when we're ministering to people, Father. And Lord, would you please use us to set people free? Would you work through us to deliver that inner healing, Father God? Father, we just thank you and we praise you. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.